All right, Faith Promise, how you guys doing? Ah, man. Wow. It is great to see our, our host said that uh, they welcomed our Pelsipi campus. We had almost uh, 5,900 last weekend. I believe we'll break 6,000 this weekend. So that record last week will last for seven days. We'll break it again this weekend. So uh, God is up to something. It's exciting. We didn't lose. You used that terminology. Zach and I went to a receiving of friends in Blount County. One of the coaches, the small group coaches, went to be with the Lord. And uh, so we went to the receiving of friends. And as we went through the line, we got there. You know, there's the casket of the family. And an I Am Faith Promise t-shirt rolled up right across the casket. And when I got to Deborah, uh, I said, Deborah, man, this, man, we love you. We're here for you. She said, my husband witnessed, and she, up to the last, his last day, a couple days ago, till he passed away, and even in his funeral, he's inviting people to the church that he loves. Faith promise. That just rocks. And man. <clears throat> so whatever campus you're at, we welcome you this weekend, whether you're out in Campbell County or you're at North Knoxville or you're on the other side at Blunt County or you're, amen, Anderson County or you're the internet campus or you're at Pellissippi. Whatever campus that you worship God at at Faith Promise, we're thrilled that you're with us this weekend. I couldn't be more ecstatic about this series. And for two years, I've meditated and prayed over this series and, and really have a dream for you as your pastor. I dream at every campus, every, every core person and every attender would be set free, would walk in liberty, would walk with the glory of God, would understand the anointing of God, would walk with the power of God, would be, would be at, literally set free from any kind of bondage, free to serve, free to grow, free to, free to honor God, be a soul winner to serve and make your life count forever. So that, that's what we're all about. Our theme verse in this series called Open House is John 8, 36. And if the Son sets you, makes you free, then you will be free indeed. Indeed, in opposition to fake or false, makes you free. To, be, to cease to be in bondage, to be set at liberty from, from captivity or the dominion of sin. And so the only way that we're going to experience that is John 8, 32. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you what? Free. free. Got to know the truth. So you guys ready to dive in? Are yeah. y'all not ready? Y'all ready? Yeah. Come on. All right. So in your copy of the Word of God, go to, go to Acts chapter 13. I'm about to really, literally going to just absolutely shake your world up. So just might as well get ready. I'm just telling you, it's coming. Acts chapter 13, Paul is preaching the gospel. And, and uh, in Acts chapter 13, verse 40 and 41, this is what he says. Therefore, take heed. I'm going to give you a warning. Take heed so that the things spoken of the prophets may not come upon you. Behold, you scoffers and marvel and perish, for I'm accomplishing a work in your days a work which you would never believe, though someone should describe it to you. So Paul is preaching the gospel. Paul's preaching the good news. And in the middle of that, he warns these new believers and the people that are about to become believers. Now, he's preaching to Jews, so they, they have a full grasp of the Old Testament because what he's just done, he's just quoted Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 5 and 6. And so let's flip over. That's what, because that's where I want to take and dive in from Acts and then go to Habakkuk, look among the nations, observe, be astonished and wonder because I am doing something in your days that you would not believe if you were told. This is God telling what he's going to do to his people. For behold, 
I'm raising up the Chaldeans, that fierce and impetuous people who march through the earth to seize dwelling places which are not theirs. Now, what do we call someone who takes something that is not theirs? A thief. Now, the Old Testament, the New Testament reveals to us that the Old Testament are types and shadows of things that are going to come. You go back and you can study the, the tabernacle or the temple and you can see Jesus in it. You can go to the sacrament. There, there are types and shadows of the Old Testament that, it, that when we enter the New Testament, we begin to realize to a far greater level, a far greater level of, of revelation. So I want to present you a thought that the Chaldeans represent the demonic work in our lives. Because he warns the church, he warns these, in preaching, he warns them about the Chaldeans that God was going to allow the Chaldeans to come into Israel. So he warns them and tells them that. And the Chaldeans are going to come and they're going to take dwelling places that are not theirs. Now, isn't that what the demonic does? They take and move into places that are not theirs. They take things that are not theirs. They're squatters, they're trespassers. Now, <clears throat> imagine that you're a, a skeptic. We don't have any of those that faith promise, but imagine that you were sitting listening to Paul preach in, in Acts chapter 13, and Paul quotes Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 5 and 6, and he talks about the Chaldeans that are going to come. Well, see, the skeptic realizes that in 536 B.C., the Chaldeans were destroyed. So why would Paul be telling the church and quoting Habakkuk 1.5 when there were no more Chaldeans? They were gone. Matter of fact, Jeremiah prophesied the destruction of the Chaldeans because actually we know that God raised them up. God used the Chaldeans. And we, we, we see them in the Scripture a lot more than we realize they're in there. But God raised them up to, to, uh, to punish Israel. John 10.10, 10, the thief comes to do three things, to steal, kill, and what? So that's what the demonic does. They steal, they kill, they destroy. That's what they do. That's their deal. Now, the skeptic today says, well, there's not really demons today. Those were something that happened a long time ago, which when you say there's no such thing as demons or Satan or hell, what you do is you make the work of hell easier. Isn't that right? Because somebody doesn't believe in the devil, the devil has easy access to him. Does that make sense? And so just, you know, and so the thief doesn't come in the door. We talked about it last weekend. If you missed last weekend, go to the Internet, go grab a free CD or go to Faith Promise. Dot org and download the last weekend's message as we begin to set a baseline for this series. Now, where did these demons come from? Well, you remember when Lucifer fell, the worship leader in heaven, he was thrown out of heaven, and how many angels left with him? A third. Now, I don't know how many that is, but I bet it's a bunch. But you know what that means to me? How many, if a third left, how many, if a third were cast out, how many were left? So that means we've got two to one advantage. Isn't that right? There's twice as many angels that are demons, and the angels are more powerful. I like that. And so Jesus heals a woman with the issue of blood, and he said, this woman had a spirit of infirmity, and the devil or Satan had her bound for years. So the devil wants to bind us. The, it, 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 the demonic forces always want to put us under control. So I'm going to give you three facts or three thoughts about the demonic work that happens in more people's lives than people realize. Are y'all ready? If you're ready, say I'm ready. ready. Number one, they are thieves. <clears throat> it's clear Old Testament, New Testament, they are thieves. In Psalms 83, verses 1 through 4 and 12, it says this, Oh God, do not remain quiet. So I don't know about you, but when I read the Psalms, 
And they didn't understand the spiritual warfare in the book of Psalms. They didn't get demons. They didn't get those things. But when I read the book of Psalms and I see the psalmist asking for, asking God for protection to get the enemies, I, I, I read into it the spiritual forces. I don't know about y'all do, but I do. Oh, God, do not remain, sil- remain quiet. Do not be silent. And, oh, God, do not be still. For, behold, your enemies make an uproar, and those who hate you exalt themselves. They make shrewd plans against your people and conspire against your treasured ones. They have said, come and let us wipe them out as a nation that the name of Israel be remembered no more. In in verse 12, it goes on and said, they they take pastures, our dwelling places. They said, let us possess for ourselves the pastures of God. The pasture can be not pastor, but pasture. Pasture are dwelling places or abode. And so they are always looking for dwelling places and abodes that they can come, that they can inhabit, that they can take. It's what the Chaldeans did. It's what the demonic does. And let me just give you a warning. Are are you ready? If you're ready, say I'm ready. If you're after the heart of God, hell's after your heart. It just is. If you're far from God, you're no threat to the devil. Are you with me? Matter of fact, he's got easy access, so he's not worried about you. I've had so many people over the years say, Pastor, I don't understand. I got saved and all hell broke loose. Well, yeah. What do you mean you don't understand that? Well, nobody told me it was going to happen. Well, let me tell you. If you get saved, all hell's going to break loose. Because, see, when you get, you're born on the devil's team. When you get saved, you change teams. And when you leave the kingdom of darkness and you are transferred, transformed into the kingdom of light, the kingdom of darkness is chapped about that. So now you're a threat. So the enemy's not really bothered with you, but now that you are born again, all hell breaks loose. Somebody should have warned you, shouldn't they? They should have told you what was going to happen. Well, that's just the way it works because there are Chaldeans, there are demons, there are threats, there are thieves. The Chaldeans, it said, were wanderers. And so they're out there. Jesus, speaking of evil spirits in Matthew 12, Verse 43 to 45 said this. Now, when the unclean spirit goes out of a man, it passes through waterless places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes and finds it unoccupied. Now, let's leave those up there. Last weekend, people ran to the altars at our campuses. Ran. Praise God. Listen. Okay. Once you've been swept clean of a stronghold demonic force, if you don't fill it with something, it says, I come back and find it unoccupied, swept and put in order. Then it goes and takes along with it seven spirits more wicked than itself, and they go in and live there. So when you are delivered, when you, when you overcome the enemy, when you have a stronghold that's uprooted, when you, when you have that, you've got to fill that place with the Holy Spirit and the Word of God you got to be active in the house of God, and you've got to be filled with the heart of God. You've got to be filled with the Word of God. Are you with me? That's what he's talking about. Listen, you can have, you know, you can have a demon cast out, but if you don't fill, fill that back up with the Spirit of God and the Word of God and the heart of God, that demon's coming back. And so what we've got to do is we've got to get, be so full of God, there's no room. That's just the deal, man. So full. So full. So... Right now, if we could put you in front of a spiritual x-ray machine and it showed empty, middle, or full like a gas tank, how full are you of God? 
How consumed are you with God's word? Are you in a place where the demo, where demonic forces really don't have access to you because there's no room in this vessel for the enemy to access? Is your home where you live, your house, is it a sanctuary of the Holy Spirit? You know, they put the blood of the lambs on the, on the door so that the death angel would pass over. Is your house just marked by God so it's meant no trespassing for the devil? See, now the, the Chaldeans, they lived near what today is Kuwait or northern Iraq. They were fierce warriors. They were never conquered. Until God's purpose with them was done, they were, they were never conquered. Nebuchadnezzar, I remember Nebuchadnezzar. He was a Chaldean king. He built that statue 90 feet tall and had everybody bow, but the three teenage uh, Hebrews wouldn't bow. Y'all remember that? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I don't know why we use their Babylonian names because that's not their given names. See, whenever Nebuchadnezzar would, te- would, 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 bring, would, would go and steal people from Israel, the first thing he did was change their names because their names were about God. And so he changed their names to names about idols or something else. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is not their name. We call Daniel his given name. His, his name was Belshazzar. When, that's what they called him in, in, Cal, in Chaldean when they, when they took him and the guys. So, but what did they do when they took? They had to socialize the scripture out of them. When You can read it in Daniel. You can read it all through the Old Testament. If you're on a Bible reading record, we're getting closer. If you're on the plan, we're reading together. You're, you're getting close. But when, when Nebuchadnezzar, the Chaldean king, came and, and attacked Israel, he took two things. Are you ready? Because this is what he takes today. The first thing he took was the next generation. He killed the old people, and he took all the young people. The devil wants the young people. Y'all believe that? He wants the next generation, and he is coming after him with a passion. The second thing he took was the tithe. He took the young people and he took all the things out of the temple <clears throat> where the people brought their tithes. Two things the devil's still after the church about. He's after the young people, he's after the tithe. There's a reason that probably 80 to 90% of church attenders in America don't tithe. There's a spiritual, there's a stronghold attached to this aspect of giving. And people want to be delivered from crack. Okay, all right? People want to be delivered from porn. People want to be delivered from anger. But nobody says, hey, I've got a hard time giving. Would you pray the stronghold down in my life? Do they? Think about it. But what did Nebuchadnezzar steal? He stole the tithe and the next generation. So when the enemy attacks the church and attacks you, what does he want to take? He wants your tithe and he wants your kids. And so we've got to be careful because the demonic forces want to do the same thing that Nebuchadnezzar did, which was socialize the scriptures out of us. And let's be real. We have a biblically illiterate church in America today. Biblically illiterate church in America today. I mean, there's just no question about it. And so what, is the, what has the devil slowly done? He slowly turned us away from the, oh, we believe it. And we think they ought to hang the Ten Commandments up somewhere in a courthouse. We don't know them. <laughs> but they ought to be allowed to hang them. See, if the Word of God's not hung in your heart, why would you want it to be hung somewhere else? Are, are y'all with me? So that, but see, that's what the devil does. See, the devil wants your mind, your money, and your morals. 
So that's why he so affects what you watch, what you listen to. That's why the enemy so infiltrates the culture of music and movies and books and all those things. Why? Because if he can affect what we put in our mind, it'll affect what we become. If he can affect our morals and have the morals changed in the last 25 years in America, my mercy. And, and, so, and, and, he, and he wants our money. He doesn't want us to fund the kingdom of God. So that's what he comes after. The Bible said it's the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And so the enemy comes in, and he comes in to steal. He comes in to steal our, love, our peace and our joy and our victory, doesn't he? Now, let me tell you what he does. He takes away the peace, the joy, the victory, and gives us stress, worry, and anxiety. Now, we're told not to worry in the Bible, aren't we? We're told not to fear in the Bible, aren't we? We're told not to worry. But if we were piled up this week in the worry of all the people that are here, it'd be a pretty big pile. Because we've allowed the enemy to steal our joy, to steal our peace, to steal our calm, to to steal the shalom of God and replace it. And so why, why don't we have victory? Why? Because the things that God injected, we've allowed the enemy to steal and replace them with a, a sorry second and a substitute. And that now, now when there's, you have a demonic stronghold or any of those things demonic, the, the demon has no right or authority. Is that right? If you had 100 acres and somebody put a tent on the back part of your property and you didn't know they were back there, would they own the property? They'd still, have, they'd still be back there squatting. You can put a sign, no trespassers, but they're still back there. They're still building campfires and killing your animals, and they're still doing the deal. See, the devil is a trespasser. That's, that's what he does. He has no rights or authority. And so if we leave our minds, our hearts, our homes, our kids, if we leave them unguarded, then they're in trouble because are, are the demons thieves? Number two, second thing is they're vicious. We have to realize this. Habakkuk chapter, chapter 1, verse 7 through 9, he goes on and talks about it, we're, we're about the Chaldeans that are, again, just a type of shadow of the demonic. And they, were, they are dreaded and feared, and their justice and authority originates with themselves. Their horses are swifter than leopards and keener than wolves in the evening. Their horsemen come from afar. They fly like an eagle swooping down to devour. All of them come for violence. Their horde of faces move toward, move forward. They collect captives like sand. That's what the, that's what the demonic does. Not, not only are they thieves, but they are vicious. Does that make sense? So the Bible calls them lion, the, de, the Bible calls the devil a lion. But the Bible uses many times. The illustration of wolves in, in, Zach, in uh, Zechariah, Zephaniah, Zechariah, Zephaniah, thank you. It begins with Z and it's a minor prophet. <clears throat> her princes within her are, her princes within her are roaring lions. Her judges are wolves. At evening, they, they leave nothing for the morning. See, you know when a lion and a wolf feeds at night? Do you you know where the devil does his best business? In the dark. So the reason, and I've said it before, the reason, and I talk about my past and everything, is because when I drug all that crap out on the light, God could heal it. But when it's in the closet, the devil owns it. Does that make sense? 
And so, man, lions and, and wolves, they feed at night. And you know, you ever, you ever get up at night, you can't, you can't sleep? You know what most people do? They watch TV. Now, who's in control of the television? So you can't sleep. You're just sort of mindlessly watching television. Are you, have you opened your mind up? Excuse me. I, I know you're out there. Come on, Campbell. I mean, you got, uh, somebody talk to me. Yes. So if you can't sleep, how about reading the Bible? Well, I never thought about that. I know that. That's why I said it. Paul, again, warning the church in Acts chapter 20, verse 29, said this. I know that after my departure, savage what? Was he, did he mean a literal wolf? No. Savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. See, you ever watched a wolf? Oh, they're so cute. They look like dogs. They will eat you <laughs> alive. But you know what a wolf does? You watch them in the zoo or whatever, man, they, they're, they're, they're just watching you and they're circling. You know what they're doing? They're looking for a weak spot. They're looking for where they're going to attack, and they're letting the pack know that they got one, you. And they move in. Why? Because they look for people that are isolated. They look for people that are, that are, that are in, in, you know, it, that have a weakness, that have an open door. That's why we call the series Open House. This is why group is so important. Because when you're isolated, when you're alone, and when you don't have any prayer protection and you don't have any accountability, the enemy comes and the enemy's able to surround you and mow you down. Why? Because it's one on the pack. But when you're involved in a small group of people praying for you every day, loving you, and meeting together for, for accountability and spiritual growth, listen, our, our group's ministry is exploding. We don't have a group's ministry to help you find friends. It's not our job to find your friend. We have a group ministry to build spiritual formation in your heart Amen. and to see you protected spiritually. Are you with me? So, man, come on. You, if you're not in there, you got to get in there. When, when, when Satan attacked Jesus frontal head on, remember that one that was? After 40 days of no food or water. Now, if you hadn't eaten or drank in 40 days, what kind of shape are you in? You are weak. At Jesus' weakest moment on the planet, as an adult, that's when the lion moved in for the kill. That's when he came in. And see, that's what the enemy does. He waits. He waits till you're grieving, till you've experienced a loss. He waits till you've been fired from your job. He waits till, till, till the doctor has said cancer. He waits until, until your life experiences real difficulty. And in the midst of that difficulty, all hell will break loose on you. You say, well, that's not fair. Listen, are you, if you're listening, say, I am. There's never a moment of mercy with the devil. Never. Never. When Jesus was born, what did the devil do? Killed all the children. When Moses, came, was, when Moses was born, what did the devil do? Killed all the children. The devil has no regard for the aged. He has no regard for children. He has no regard. And that's what we have to realize. So when you're disappointed, when you are discouraged, when you're depressed or you're in despair because of something and you think, well, you know, I'm down, I'm defeated because I'm in this bad situation. I mean, nobody's really going to attack me wrong. That's when you are easy prey for hell. You say, well, 
That's just mean. We're, we're talking about the devil. He's not a little red guy with a pitchfork and an angel on one side, devil on the other. That's not the deal. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to kill. He wants to ruin your marriage. He wants to kill your children. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy everything about you. So when you are, when you're depressed and defeated, when life is not going well, the devil will whisper ungodly options to you. Hey, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And then when you do it, he goes to God and slanders you for it. Think about that. Is that unbelievable? You see, that's what the enemy does. Let me give you a third thing about the enemy. Not only are they thieves, not only are they vicious, but number three, they are cunning. The Chaldeans, if you read the book of Daniel, the Chaldeans were called magicians. They were some of the wise men. If you go read the whole book of Daniel, because they were, they were in power, especially in Daniel's day. But they, they, were, they were cunning. They were, you know, a magician is cunning. But you know what a magician does? He distracts you. She gets you looking at, or he or she gets like this hand while they pull something out of this hand. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, that's what they do. They, they distract you. They, they, they try to deceive you so they can determine your future. So the devil will distract you from God. The devil will distract you from your wife with some pretty young thing or from your husband with some guy who understands you when your husband doesn't and knows how you feel and just wants to be there to support you and encourage you because your husband's not there to do that. The devil distracts and deceives, and then he destroys. Never out to help anybody. Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 15, we go on about it. The Chaldeans will bring all them up with a hook and drag them away with a net and gather them together in the fishing net. Therefore, they rejoice and are glad. They will come and take people. So what, is, what, do, what do they do? They throw a fishing net out, and, man, the devil will use bait that you will bite. Does that make sense? Bait that you'll bite. It's, it's, it's you know, in the New Testament, it said, you know, that, man, the, the devil's an angler, and he is going to lure you with lust out from underneath cover. And then that lust is going to give birth to sin, and sin is going to give birth to death. Now, let's think about King David. Y'all remember King David? Man after God's own heart. David's sitting there one morning. Life is good. Palace is built. Temple's built. Man, he is king over just a vast, vast region. And Joab comes in and says, hey, king, we're going to go down to another city, and we're going to, we're going to wipe them out and take all their stuff. And King, king David said, that's good. I'm going to stay home today. Well, king, you're supposed to go with us. I'm going to hang at the house today. Okay. Let me know when you win. Send word that we've won. So about afternoon sometime, David's just chilling out around the palace, and a thought hits his mind. Why don't you go up on the roof? You know where we're going? Why don't you go up on the roof? And so David goes up on the roof, walking around, surveying Jerusalem. It's beautiful. And about that time, or a little while before then, the enemy speaks to a beautiful young lady named Bathsheba said, you need a bath. Why don't you have the servants take you some bath stuff up on the roof, and you can cop some rays and have a bath at the same time. And Bathsheba said, that's a brilliant idea. So Bathsheba's up there seductively taking off her clothes, getting in the bathtub, and David just happens to be at the perfect time watching. Now, does this sound like a setup to y'all? 
Because, see, that's what the devil does. And David says, man, she is smoking hot. Look at her. He doesn't turn his eyes like Job would have. Job said, I made a covenant with my eyes, though, where I'm not looking upon a maid. Not David. David, he glances, oh, she's fine. He stares, moves from admiration to lust. From lust, and he calls his servant over and says, hey, you see that chick down there taking a bath? Bring her. Go get her for me. And you know the rest of the story. He has an affair. She becomes pregnant. He murders her husband, Uriah, the whole deal. How'd that happen? Because the devil is cunning. He is vicious, and he is a thief. And he will do the same thing to you. So we're warned in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11, be ready for the schemes or the ploys, the plots, or the trickery. Therefore, put on the full, full armor of God that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes, which is plots or ploys or, or, or plans of the devil. you got to understand what's going on. Y'all remember when, 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 when Job's, all Job's stuff got stolen? You know who stole all Job's stuff? The Chaldeans. They called. Do you know where Abraham was when God called him and said, Hey, Abraham, I want you to leave Ur of the what? Chaldeans, the Chaldees, and I want you to come to another land that I will show you. And Israel's built, and what do they do? They go back in bondage to the Chaldeans. First Peter 5 8, what does it say? Beware, be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, who he may overcome, who he may eat. Come on, gang. This is why. Let me tell you what happened last weekend. Last weekend, I gave an invitation. And, and, and there were people, literally, I'm not joking, that ran to the altar. And there were tons of people that sat there and said, well, if I go to the front, someone will think I have an issue. We all know you have an issue. <laughs> you don't have us fooled. Matter of fact, if you'd like, we'd all write down on a list all of your issues. And so what happened is there's some people got delivered. I got covered up the emails. I had one guy say, hey, I ran to the altar, Pastor. I got a, a, a 31-year stronghold was pulled down at church this morning. And so, <clears throat> so all the bands are going to come back out at all of our campuses. Guys, come on out. and Gals, all our worship teams are going to come back out. And, and we're going we're gonna to have some more quiet music. And while this is happening... There's going to be the prayer team and, and, and our Stephen ministers and staff at all of our campuses. And this is the deal. I want you to walk up and say, this is my issue. Now, last weekend, let me tell you what it was. It was, it was porn and anger. Porn and anger. Do y'all think that's the only issues we deal with at Faith Promise Church? So let's get real with God and get real with each other. The reason that God is blessing this church is because we don't play games here. Amen. And so let's get, matter of fact, let me challenge you. Some of you may need to come down and say, listen, I, I need prayer because I've been, a preacher preaches on tithing all the time, and I've been wanting to do it for 10 years, and I haven't done it. I have a stronghold. Let's pull that stronghold down in Jesus' name. Because if you don't tithe, it means you don't, you don't, you don't have enough trust. You don't, believe, you don't trust that God will meet your needs. Does that make sense? And so I just want to challenge you, Whatever, wherever God has spoken, it, it could have not been mentioned, but the Spirit of God has touched your life on an area. Listen, we, want to clo we don't want an open house. We want closed doors. We want a holy hedge. We want the fire of God in our midst, and we want the protection of heaven.
Amen? Spirit of God, we ask you to flood every campus, God, from Campbell County to Blount, from North to the Internet, God, to Anderson County to Pellissippi. We ask you to flood every single campus with the power of God. And, Father, we realize we have an enemy, and we just didn't realize even until this weekend how wicked the enemy actually is. And, God, we want to give the enemy no access. There's some people who have been attacked and thrashed while they've been discouraged or something horrible has happened. The enemy has taken advantage. And, God, we've got to protect each other. And so, Lord, would you move in these holy moments as people come and, and chains are let loose and strongholds are pulled down and the demonic forces are cast out. Well, God, would you give us the power to walk in freedom and then take that clean vessel and fill it with the Holy Ghost, fill it with the Word of God, fill it with the peace of God, and let us walk in victory because if the Son makes you free, you'll be free indeed. In Jesus' name.